0: Hello, everybody. You are tuned into the Walk Off Podcast. I'm back as your host, Justin. I'm here with Leroy and uh, Jared today. How are you guys doing?
1: I'm doing great. We are literally at a point where we are not just, we're not counting months. We're not counting weeks to open a day. Heck, we're counting hours. We're counting hours, like 72, 84 hours. We're there. Let's go.
2: Yeah, I'm super excited. Just like Leroy, uh, ready for open today. Feels like it's been a long month of spring training, but we're finally here. Let's do it. We got a lot to talk about today. AL Central time. Let's do it.
0: Yep, it's time to dive right in. We got two more divisions left here, so we're jumping into the AL Central today. We're going to start with this first team came in fifth in this division last season. That's the Detroit Tigers. You know, for a smaller rebuilding team, they did make a lot of moves this offseason. There's a couple that stick out to me here though they got went out and got starting pitcher julio Turan from the angels we saw he had plenty of troubles last year see if a change of scenery does something for him and that team they also got the Alfredo Nomar Mazara mazzara from the white Sox, who with their pending injuries at the moment possibly could think they maybe want to do uh, a keep him on that roster also they got robbie Gershman from the a's and wilson ramos from the mets the catcher so when i see that i see a lot of real-time major league players coming to that team as a rebuilding team. That's a good sign for them because they're, you know, their talent around them is getting up to the point. They can start, you know, building an actual team, maybe get back to how they were all the beginning of the 2010s. They were a pretty big powerhouse and then dropped off. But I'll go to you, Leroy, first. I want to know what you think about the Tigers going into 2021.
1: Yeah. You know, just to, just to start off before I even talk about the Tigers, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about the, uh, the AL Central. I think, uh, looking at at the at the AL Central compared to the other divisions in baseball, it's it's kind of wide open, for one. Uh, for two, you don't have those big names, those those bullies at the top of the division like the like your Dodgers and the Yankees that look like they could, you know, run away with the division. And and just thinking about the AL Central over the course of of the last twenty or so years, it's really been a toss up every year. I mean, this division is just a toss up every year. And that's what I, that's what I really like about it. In fact, you know, if you think about just taking a look at the last 20 years, every team has won division at least once Uh, with, with Kansas city being the the low man on the total totem pole, only winning it once, but having a world series title, Minnesota's won it eight times, Chicago three, Cleveland five, Detroit four. Uh, When you, when you compare that to something like the NLE or the AL East, uh, which we're going to talk about it at another time um, where, New York and Boston is over the last 20 years has one that division 15 times. And the other teams have combined for five. So, so I feel like the AL central is just one of those divisions that's really up in the air mm-hmm. kind of every year. And, uh, you know, this year is really no different. If you look at fan graphs, the, the teams are kind of bunched up in there uh, together and you've got teams that are really on, uh, different ends of the spectrum you know we're going to talk about the tigers here and kansas city we know they're rebuilding right uh minnesota and chicago have have they're they're realizing the fruits of their rebuild and then you've got cleveland hanging in there who looks like they're breaking down but we'll we'll talk about that in just (laughs) in just a bit but you know talking about the tigers right so they're a rebuilding team according to mlb.com they've got the second best farm system in the major leagues so they're on the They're right there. They're on the cusp, right? Uh, They've got some exciting young players. Uh, Willie Castro is a, is a rising star. Um, Casey Mize. He's a former number one overall pick. And he, and we know he struggled last year with a, with a 699 ERA, but, um, but, you know, he could turn it around short sample size. So, um, you know, they've got some young pieces. Uh, It's not happening for Detroit this year. I mean, it's just not. Um, They, uh, you know, just just to tell you they they're they're, uh, they're sliding miguel cabrera in at their at their four spot most likely and you, you know M- miguel cabrera's best days came when tony larusa was a manager wait a minute tony larusa is a manager <laughs> uh, so, uh, we'll talk about that later <laughs> Cabral, miguel cabrera's best days are obviously behind him you know over the last four so this is their four hitter over the last four seasons his per 162 game Average is a 267 with 19 home runs. And that's just, that's not getting it done for your four hitter. Uh, when you look at his 2007 to th- through 2014, his his glory years, he was hitting 36 home runs per 162 games with a 324 batting average. So, you know, that just, it's, that's just kind of indicative of where the Tigers are. They're just, they're, you know, they're not there. They've got some young pieces, but honestly, their best young pieces are still in the minors. Um, but, uh, they they've got uh uh they the, you know they added a couple pieces kind of kind of like what you know what our our team the orioles did they added some right. pieces that are just just guys they can fill in 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 grossman and and um uh you know tigers yeah they're they're probably destined to finish last but uh but but the future's bright second best farm system according to mlb.com although you know something interesting and i don't know if you guys plan to talk about this there seems to be some some uh, disagreement on where the farm system is because mlb.com does have them ranked second but keith law has them ranked 12th and he says they're really top heavy there's not a lot of depth there so um you know what that tells me is that you know when these prospects come up for the tigers in the next three or four years that's their time to hit and then they'll go back into this uh this kind of rebuilding system again
2: yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, Leroy, because I kind of agree on the the fact that they're a little top heavy. I mean, at the very top, of course, you got Spencer Torkelson, right, uh, number one overall pick just a few years ago. Then you got Riley Green, an outfielder, young outfielder, and Matt Manning, uh, starting pitcher. Other than that, I mean, I don't really know as many. Uh, top prospects in their system. Uh, You know, Casey Mize was brought up, like Leroy mentioned, he pitched last year, kind of struggled. He's going to be making that starting rotation this year. And Tarek Tarek Skubal is also going to be in that rotation, uh, left-hander, young left-hander. He looked pretty good uh, in his short sample size. But then you got guys like uh, Matthew Boyd, uh, who seems like he's been there for a long time. He might get dealt at the trade deadline. Um, Jose Ureña is making his uh, Tigers Debut after a couple rough years with the Marlins, their bullpen is very uh, underwhelming. Uh, the really only good piece they have in there is Gregory Soto, uh, left-hander who fought for that closer role last year and pretty much won it. Uh, Michael Fulmer, former starter for them, is going to be a long relief guy now. Uh, looks like his arm is kind of deteriorating over time. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's kind of weird because the, the Tigers have a few pieces. That looked good on paper, right? Jonathan Scope, our boy from the Orioles, is that second base again this year for them. Criminally underrated, in my opinion. He did have a couple of struggles uh, over the last couple of years, uh, especially when we traded him to Milwaukee. Just never been the same since. He had that one year with the Twins as well. But uh, looks like they're going to have Jamer Candelario as their primary first baseman with Miggy at DH. Uh, which is interesting to see because I know Mickey would want to play in the field. Uh, but like Justin said, Willie Castro, it looks like he's going to be a really good player for them. Uh, shortstop. They can have him and Nico Goodrum fight it out. But then like Leroy said, you got Robbie Grossman in the outfield. Um, one guy I'm very impressed to see make this club. Akil Badu rule five pick from the twins hitting bombs in spring training for them. He'll be in that outfield in that starting lineup uh interesting to see the tigers here they're going to be good i have a feeling in a couple years right when the orioles will and it's going to be like that rivalry all over again like in 2014 interesting to see here from the tigers but i do expect them to finish last
0: yeah this is a cool situation of a rebuild for me because you're this is not the beginning of the rebuild where you you start to build those pieces this actually is kind of a spot where they they start are starting to have the pieces come to the majors like Jared said, when you talk about Trey Scruble and Casey Myers both being in the starting rotation, that's two of their top 100 prospects are fruits of their labor, as Leroy would say, are making it to the majors. So that, that means something to me. And that's going to be pretty exciting to see, I think, for Tiger fans. Um, I also want to talk about Willie Castro because that kid is just going to be a beast. Like last season, he had 932 OPS, even if it was in a shortened season. Like that's pretty. That's pretty good. You can fall off a bit from that and still be really productive. You know, and on a team like the Tigers, that's something you want to build around. So finding a player like that is going to be great. Not to mention, he does have a great uh, double play guy next to him in Jonathan Skrip. It'll be nice to see if he can bounce back. And then I do like to move with the catcher, Wilson Ramos. Obviously he left the Mets because they were going to go after James McCann, which they did. It's a serviceable catcher that it's going to help the young pitchers um, as well. I mean, you got to remember that someone who caught Jacob deGrom, AKA the best pitcher in baseball. So I do think there's a lot of interesting pieces here and a lot of things really to look forward to, especially in that rotation, that's going to be really exciting for tiger fans. And again, with their farm system is just absolutely loaded, but I do agree with the top heavy Their top five prospects in the, Top 100 all come before 37 or earlier, which again is is good because they're higher rated. But there is not much after them, and as we know, just because you're top 37 doesn't mean you're going to be a superstar. So for the Tigers, that's an interesting position. I think again they're going to come in last. Definitely the two teams at the top with the Twins and the um, White Sox going to make it tough to win a lot of games when you're playing in that division. But we'll go over to another I think really exciting team here the Kansas City Royals and this is a team who added just a whole bunch of pieces um, in this offseason the first one obviously comes to my mind those hands are Alberto as he left the Orioles signed a deal there they also got Greg Holland throwing their bullpen he's probably going to be their closer coming off of a great year last year they went and traded for Andrew Benintendi from the Red Sox Jared Dyson comes back on a small deal, to bring that speed back. It's a lot of pieces here that I think are gonna make the Royals a sleeper team in this division for sure. And we saw before what they were able to do with a little bit. And a lot of the pieces of this team aren't too much different. A lot of homegrown talent. They went out and got a couple pieces they needed. Um, I think that's gonna be exciting for them. So I'll go to you, Jared, first. I wanna know what you think about the Kansas City Royals. Four words
2: for you boys. Most exciting bad team. The Royals are actually a pretty exciting team if you look at them on paper. Uh, I'm just going to go through each of their positions really fast. Uh, right field, they're they're uh, scheduled to have Whit Merrifield actually in the outfield this year, which is pretty interesting to me. Uh, of course, we've seen him a lot at second base and, and center field as well, but they're going to slide him into right field with Michael A. Taylor in center and Andrew Benintendi in left field. That's gonna be an interesting move to see how Benintendi uh, evolves into that next level of his career uh, outside Boston. Um, Of course, not a hitter friendly ballpark uh, as we know, but I would like to see uh, where uh, this takes Benintendi. Infield is really interesting. Uh, Third base, Hunter Dozier, nice power numbers, just uh, signed a four year extension there. Adalberto Mondesi, an underrated shortstop, uh, one of the fastest guys in baseball. at at short, and and second base, Nicky Lopez, uh, that's kind of where their weak spot is at the moment. First base, they signed Carlos Santana. That was one of the more surprising signings uh, of the offseason, in my opinion. Uh, And, of course, the catcher, you got the workhorse, Salvador Perez, who also signed there for four more years. Uh, But when you get to the pitching side of things, it's actually not too bad. Uh, In the bullpen, it's like we're back in 2014, we got Wade Davis and Greg Holland in that bullpen again. Uh, right as the setup and closer uh, roles for, for the Royals. And, you know, uh, they also have some other interesting arms. Scott Barlow is a guy to look after. Um, they're moving Jacob Junis to the bullpen instead of in the rotation because the rotation is actually pretty nice. Uh, Brad Keller, Danny Duffy, Brady Singer, Mike minor and Chris Bubik. I mean, that's a pretty solid rotation for a rebuilding team. Um, and it kind of surprised us because we were talking about the Mike minor signing when it happened and we were like, why are the Royals giving, guys' multi-year deals and rebuilds, especially like a Mike Miner. Well, it's because they did all these other moves by trading for Benintendi, signing Santana, and extending Dozier and Perez. They're in this for the long haul. Uh, They're they're getting better and better each year, and they are exciting to watch. They they still might lose 90-plus games this year. We don't know that. But they are the most exciting bad team in baseball. Leroy, I don't know if you agree with me, man, but it's kind of interesting to see where the roles are right now.
1: You know, it's, it's funny you say that I I'm actually going to agree with you. Um, So, you know, a couple of things when I, when I look at the Royals, I I compare them to our beloved Orioles, to be quite honest. Um, But I, to, to be even more honest, I like the way the Royals are doing it better. So if if we look at the Royals and their timeline uh, compared to, to our Orioles timeline um, you know, the, the Royals made that we know this they made the world series in 2014 they eliminated the the orioles and and crushed my hopes and dreams of of seeing a uh, orioles world series appearance in my adult lifetime uh but then they won the world series in 2015 by 2018 they were in full-blown rebuild mode as were the orioles so their timeline is is really similar if not almost exactly the same here's the difference um if I were to say to you, and I will say to you when we when we do the AL East, do the Orioles have any any chance to compete this year? You're, you're probably going to laugh, right? If I said do the Royals have a chance to compete, you'd go eh, probably not, but they're exciting to watch, and if everything breaks right, maybe something maybe something happens um, because they're they're doing it in a different way than the Orioles are right now. The Orioles, and not just the Orioles, or teams teams like the Orioles, are. They aren't concerned at all about winning right now, right? Some people would even say in the depths of the Twitterverse that the Orioles are trying to lose right now, whereas the Royals are trying to rebuild while maybe not being competitive, but maybe pretending to be competitive, right? So so they're trying to give their fans something to hang their hat on this season, even if, uh, you know, Uh, June one comes around and, and they're, they're out of it. At least they've got April or May, whereas some other teams that are rebuilding right now are just saying, forget it. We're throwing the season away. And I like that. You know, I really do now long-term there are some differences. Obviously the Royals are in the AL central, which is not nearly as, as good of a division as the, the AL East, Um, the, the Orioles farm systems ranked higher right? The, uh, the, the Royal farm system right now is ranked 10th. Um, so, so, you know, while there's some similarities, um, I, there are some differences, but I do like the Royals. I like the way they're, they're doing things right now. Um, you, you talked about a- Andrew Benetti, I love designing for them. I absolutely love designing signing for them. He's 26 years old. I mean, this he's a kid still, he is a kid. He is two years removed from a season in which he, he hit 16 home runs. He stole 20 bases. He batted, you know, 300. I mean, he's a kid. And, and even though it's a small sample size, Bennett Tiendi has played eight games in, in uh, Kauffman Stadium. He's had uh, 39 at-bats or 39 plate appearances. But his on-base his percentage is 564 there. Right, he's batting 470 something at Kauffman Stadium. Very small sample size, but there's something about that stadium that he that he likes. Right, um, so so I, I absolutely love that signing. I think one through six, their lineup is really solid. Merrifield, Benetti, Andy Mondesi, Santana. You know, you go on down through Soler, um, who he's still young too, and that's a young, young top six too. Their bullpen solid. We know that that Kansas City has over the last five, six, seven years, and still will value defense. Uh, so their defense is good. The only question mark I had was their starting pitching, and you addressed that, Jared. It's it's not bad for a rebuilding team. It, it, it wouldn't blow my mind if they finished ahead of Cleveland this year. Um, I don't expect it, but it wouldn't blow my mind. Uh, you know, I, it wouldn't be absolutely crazy to think they – Finish with a winning record really maybe not but either way i think in the next two to three years a little beyond this this al central is going to get really crazy because you know chicago's young minnesota's young uh kansas city you know here they come detroit here they come it's going to get really crazy but i think kansas city's kind of got a head start uh a little bit on detroit and um and and could surprise some people this year
2: yeah really quickly Justin I'm gonna let you go but really quickly I want to go back to what Leroy said about the Benintendi deal it almost seems like the Royals kind of just stole Andrew Benintendi from the Red Sox because the Red Sox got back who Franchi Cordero I mean like for Benintendi like come on now I mean Benintendi's not going to hit you 40 home runs he's that's not his style but if he can get you 20 home runs and 30 to 40 doubles in a year I mean that's going to be huge for the Royals and like Leroy said he's only 26 and I agree with Leroy that this division itself in the next few years could be one of the better divisions in baseball with the young teams coming up we know the White Sox are already there they're ready to compete we're going to talk about them later Uh, The Cleveland Indians might be on the downside of things, but they're getting younger. And we're going to talk about them next. Justin, before we go to the Indians, uh, get your final thoughts on the Royals here.
0: I liked what Leroy said about the way that they're doing the rebuild. Um, It it is really interesting, and I I do like it. And when you think of the division they're in where they don't have a 100-win New York Yankees team ahead of them that, you know, by the beginning of April, you kind of know they're probably going to run away with the division or close to it. They're doing a good job of rebuilding while keeping up with those two teams in their division. And if you look at the White Sox, a lot of what they did is a lot of the building that they're doing here, especially when you look at someone like Andrew Benintendi, like you said, 26 years old, but he was a beast two years ago. Last year, he was injured a little bit, didn't hit very well, but he did not play very much. He's definitely someone that can come in and be that just criminally underrated style that the Royals have always kind of been as long as I can think of them. And a lot of the pieces on their in their lineup are, are going to be that, especially their bullpen, like that bullpen is going to be really good. I mean, they have Greg Holland again, last year, with 191 ERA in almost 30 innings. That's, you know, that's pretty good. Jesse hand through a 0.52 ERA in almost 20 innings. And I can tell you right now, I don't remember hearing much about that at all last year did they're just underrated and they're going to stay that way. And that benefits them, in my opinion. And I think they're going to do pretty well in this division. I do think they're going to come above the Indians, you know, before before they get anywhere else. They're, I think they'll be third in this division. But they're going to be really exciting to see. A lot more exciting than a lot of uh, the rebuilding teams we've seen around the league. Yep. Leroy, you want to go? You have something yeah, to yeah, you, you look know, like just- you have something to say
1: you hit on it right there um the royals and the rays do this too they they zig when everyone else zags and they ying when everyone else yangs you know what the royals are going to be about defense bullpen speed so so you know while the rest of the league is going starting pitching power Uh, The Royals are kind of dipping in over here and it's working for them, right? Two straight world series using that formula. Uh, And we saw the Rays do the same thing last year. Uh, The Rays even threw in a little, a little curveball with like their platoon situation, but, and, and the, and the, uh, this, the, uh, the, the openers, um, and maybe the Royals adopt something like that. But yeah, you know, when you've got a, a small market team, like they do, they have to do that and it, and it works for them. And, and you can see them kind of, they're, they're laying the, the bricks for that right now.
2: And then like Leroy said, this, this team could be probably the fastest team in the, in the, in the majors. When you think about it, Merrifield, Benintendi, uh, Gerard Dyson, as you mentioned, uh, Alberto Mondesi, they're all going to steal you bases. They're going to get on base and they're going to be running right and, and their defense uh locked down by salvador perez um it's just going to be an, an, an interesting team to watch it, it, they might not make 500 and if they do that's awesome because i would love to see it but if they don't you know they're going to be you know flipping that switch and hurtling over that fence until the next level uh very soon
0: yeah i agree it's a a real exciting team and that's the one to come up but now we're going to have to talk about a team that uh inevitably we, we can't deny they're on the way down, and that is the Cleveland Indians. Um, when we talked earlier about this is a division, you don't have those giant big superstars. Well, they did have one, and he is now a New York Met by way of the Indians giving him away, and that's Francisco Lindor. Probably the biggest loss of any team, in my opinion, this offseason. It's just not not a guy you can replace. You know, you, you can do all you want, bring in whoever you want. They got Andrews Chiminette. Andre Jimenez from the Mets and place. he'll start at shortstop. See Francisco Lindor, like absolutely not. Like There's no one else in the league like Francisco Lindor. So it is pretty sad to see for the Indians going into this season. I mean, we experienced it somewhat with the Orioles in 2018 watching Manny go to the Dodgers and Scope go to Milwaukee and Kevin Gaussman and basically everyone we were watching for years, just like these Indian fans. So it's going to be a tough year for the Indians. They did bring in you know some pieces to help them out they brought in guy from the division eddie rosario most likely is going to start out there in the outfield for the indians still a decent hitter They had a pretty good season last year i think he hit like 13 home runs still and then of course they still have jose ramirez who's an mvp caliber player last season um every team has like that one player that's their guy you know this is their guy for the indians despite i know he has some off the field issues i believe but he is still a good player last season he hit 292 he had i think it was like over 900 ops it's just absolutely insane whether that's 60 games or not you know, you're know, you going to help your team out if you're if you're playing like that so i'll go you leroy first i want to know what you think about um think about the indians here
2: this is going to be good just yeah. saying guys <laughs> the Indian,
1: you know I, you must have seen me shaking my head here you, the indians just they drive me so drive me insane so so The Indians have a team last year that's competing to win the division. They make the playoffs, of course, the early exit. Um, So what do you do in the offseason, right? You're a young team. You're in the playoffs. You add pieces, right? You add pieces to complement your weaknesses. No, that's not what we do if we're the Cleveland Indians. We get rid of our best young player, the man that could – be the face of cleveland indians the face of cleveland you know lebron's gone he could have been the face of cleveland and they got rid of him and 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 not just him i mean carrasco santana i mean they're all gone when when you've got a team that's competitive in a weak division one of, either one of two things are happening right here uh in cleveland either the cleveland the Cleveland Indians. Uh, brass thinks they're going to be the Tampa Bay Rays and get rid of guys just in time, bring in prospects, build them and make a world series. That's probably not the answer as to what they're thinking, or they've decided to line their wallets instead of winning a championship. And it just stinks for Cleveland because it is a, it is such a tortured fan base and they've got this team. They're on the rise. They're young. The farm system's 13th. It's not terrible. It's not terrible when you've got a Lindor, you know, you've got a Bieber and and they just decided to just dismantle it. I have no idea what the hell they're doing. They're they're literally just trying to tear down this team um, on what is, is nothing but a salary dump. And, you know, we can, we can talk all we want about, uh, you know, the inequities in the uh, major league baseball uh, financial system. And there are a ton, we know this, we've, we've talked about it on this show, but that's not what's happening here, because Cle- you know Cleveland's got the money. They've just chosen to to, to pocket their money over paying their stars, and uh, it's just a shame. So now you've got Lindor uh, headed off to New York. He's gonna he's gonna become a superstar, right? If if the Mets do this right, if Major League Baseball does this right, um, he he's a superstar. In two years, he's he's practically a household name when it comes to baseball players the team. So, so let's talk about the team. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. They're, they're eh, You know, that's, that's just what they are. Um, that they could have gone one of two ways when we hit, uh, uh, when they made the trade last year, uh, when they traded their pitcher last year, um, th- uh, Mike Clevenger, sc- thank you. When they traded Clevenger, the day before they traded Clevenger, they could have gone one of two ways. They could have built a, a super team with a, with a pitching staff of Clevenger Bieber police as your top three Tristan McKenzie coming up as a top prospect. I mean, you've got a stud pitching staff there with a lineup that featured Lindor Carrasco Santana with some young guys coming up. So they could have in that direction and build a team that could have competed for a championship or they could have gone the teardown mode and they chose teardown. Uh, you know, I, I can't explain it. I feel bad for the fans in Cleveland. Um, it's, it's just a shame.
2: If you want to name a disappointing team for the next year and even after that, it would be the Cleveland Indians. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really know or understand what they're doing. I mean, they in 2016, they were in the World Series up three games to one. I mean, they were that close. The crowd was crazy at Progressive Field. Um, and just after that it's just been early playoff eliminations um, you had the best shortstop in in the game uh, but you just didn't want to pay him the 300 mil and I, and I get it 300 mil is a lot but you see so many stars in today's MLB getting this crazy amount of money with really no luxury tax by the way um, but Cleveland you got a a little bit of a rocky road ahead of you I wouldn't be surprised if we see Cleveland totally dump everything and rebuild this year I at the trade deadline I if I was Cleveland if I was truly focused on a rebuild I would trade Jose Ramirez that would be my first move to get a bunch of prospects back Shane Bieber might not be there either. I, I I might keep Zach Polisak just because he's still younger. I get Shane's young too, but he has a lot of value going on for him right now. Um, and in the next few years, they're going to change their name. They're not going to be the Cleveland Indians anymore. We forgot about that. Whether you like it or not, their name is not going to be the Cleveland Indians. They're going to be a whole different team. So why not restart and rebuild right now and get a new face, get a new fresh start, a new look, and just start over. We've seen it so many times, but there's no other way to describe it because if if you're getting rid of a top 10 player in the game, uh, that's, that's saying something. So I'm with Leroy. I'm kind of confused on this team. They did get Eddie Rosario. It's almost like they're pardon my French, but they're half-assing it. They're getting Eddie Rosario. They're getting Ahmed Rosario. They're getting um, Fran Milray is back. I mean like, okay, but where's the superstar other than Ramirez. Right. And and Ramirez is always the second superstar because Lindor was the first and now he's, he's the first so i'm confused about cleveland they could either be second place in the division third place or they could be dead last by the end of it
1: yeah you know i don't know where they end up this year but i think in two to three years they're at the bottom what um and i think that's that's pretty clear you know they didn't want to pay Lindor 300 million dollars so that's that's a lot of money right but the team is worth $1.15 billion. The Dolans bought this team for $323,000 in 2000. They've made $800 million on this team. They could have spent, it wasn't that they couldn't, they chose not to. Um, and, you know, we're not, we're not talking about some inflated uh, salary of some you know, middle of the pack player. We're talking about a face of your franchise for the next 10 years, a face of your city for the next 10 years. And the Cleveland Indians owner Dolan woke up in the morning and said, nah, I don't think so.
2: I'm glad you said that Leroy, because it's, we're seeing it with the New York Mets, Steve Cohen, their new owner. They're going on a spending spree this offseason. They got Lindor, and they're probably going to sign him to a $300 million-plus deal. They got James McCann. Uh, they got DeGrom pretty much locked up. They're going to fight for Conforto and Syndergaard. And Steve Cohen is basically saying, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to win, and we're going to compete for the next however many years. And Steve Cohen, we all know, he is super rich. It, there, there's no doubt about it. And he's investing as much of him as the team is into their players. And I like that. I like that he's involved with that kind of thing. Um, But the Cleveland ownership didn't want to do that. They wanted to save. And the moment I knew that this was happening, it wasn't even Mike Mike Clevenger going. It was Corey Kluber going. And it's weird because you you have Corey Kluber, former two-time Cy Young Award winner uh, of the last decade, one of the best pitchers of the last decade, and who do you get back for him? You get the lino de Shields. Like what? That was your perfect opportune time to get some prospects back, and, and it didn't happen. But uh, it's weird because even though they traded these pieces away, Corey Kluber, Mike Clevenger, Carlos Carrasco, even though they traded all of them away, they still have a pretty decent starting rotation. I mean, it, it is what it is, and with a a a, a pitcher who could be a, a top three guy in baseball in the next few years. So it, it's just. Leroy, i don't know how other to uh, another way to describe it other than weird slash disappointment from them
1: i mean it's I, I think it was a dolan that ran the Mets into the ground so and you know being Orioles fans we know all about um i don't want to say bad ownership but bad ownership and this is this is this this is it i mean this is it it just seems it just seems odd i know fans in Cleveland are are screaming for you know for the Dolans to sell the team and uh you know it, it wouldn't be bad for baseball that that Cleveland fan base no matter what sport it is the Cleveland fan base is awesome and they deserve better than than what's going on right here
2: yeah and, and you're, you're right Leroy uh, thankfully they have the Browns coming up in the right direction because if they didn't th- th- this poor city I mean Cleveland Cavaliers are rebuilding themselves uh it's just a Weird, disappointing situation going on. And Justin, I know we got to get your opinion on this, and and you know this might be a longer episode for the heck of it. But we just we have to say what we feel right on this podcast. We're brutally honest. So Justin, I want to hear your thoughts on it.
0: So just first off, like when I look at this team on paper, it, it is just really confusing because, like we said, we watched them in the playoffs last year. That they've been in the playoffs multiple of the last years remember what was it in 2018 they had like a 26 game winning streak I I've never seen a team just it's like their ownership is throwing in the white flag it's not even so much they're losing these pieces and beginning to lose these ball games it's just like okay we we don't feel like doing this anymore and like you said Jerry about half-assing it it, that's kind of what it looks like and for the fan that has to be very very frustrating because there's really no way to tell which way this team is going to go heaven forbid they come out and maybe just start slow and by July they're under 500 then you can just see all these people just getting shipped and that's the issue and if after watching, watching Francisco Lindor getting traded is is one thing but then to watch if you're going to see Jose Ramirez or Shane Bieber or Zach Act just get shipped like that which very well could be a thing if they're not doing well by the trade deadline I think when we talk about the Royals doing things right this is a team just doing you know everything completely wrong and it's again really frustrating because you look at their starting rotation it looks like they should still be able to be a good team and I just don't think that's going to happen and it does kind of remind me of the Orioles in 2018 when you were looking at people like Adam Jones and Manny Machado and Jonathan Scroop and we're just losing and losing and in a way that's worse than watching the Orioles last year lose you know just about the same amount but it's not the expectation isn't there. And I think that's something Cleveland Indian fans have always had in the ownership does not have their back in that respect, which again, you guys made the good comparison with like Steve Cohen, with the Mets coming in and absolutely saving that franchise from the past ownership. The Wilpons just ruined it. He has their back. And here in Cleveland, unfortunately um, they, they don't. And as, as an Orioles fan, that really sucks. Cause I feel our team has our back in the rebuild that we're going through, you know, well, we'll and to know. here with the Indians, they
2: just, they don't. Yeah. And, and I will say this, the, the main difference between the Orioles prime and the Indians prime, other than the Indians made the world series is the fact that the Orioles held that team, that group of players for as long as they could to try to right. compete. The Indians are slowly, uh, Deteriorating their World Series team little by little. Well, don't
0: forget the the move, um, you know, Mr. Richman now Trevor Bauer a couple of years ago. Also, yeah. just another piece. They said, "Hello, goodbye," you know, which when I remember when that happened was a little odd. But it's they're like an av- It's been like a slow avalanche, but now it, it's reaching the steep part of the hill, and you better get the hell out of the way because it's going to knock you over at this point. So that, that it's really tough for Indian fans there to see that. Like you said, they still have the Browns, but yeah, I'd root for the Indians first, but you know, we got to get going here. We don't want to take up too much time. Um, You're already with us here, Jared. So why don't you kick it off for us and give us your seventh inning
2: stretch. I am already with you. I'm back in my comfort zone uh, for this show. Um, Nobody got the trivia question last week, Leroy. So you're off the hook. You're still in the lead with a three to two advantage over the boys. Let's see if you can add to that lead or maybe Justin could tie it up. So let's see. Trivia question this week, AL Central edition of the seventh inning stretch. Here we go. Spencer Torkelson, the number three overall prospect in baseball, shattered the Arizona State freshman record for home runs with 25 of them in 2018. Whose record did he break? Think about it.
1: The world watches college baseball.
2: What year was it? 2018 was when he broke it. Well, Who – like what year was the record set that he broke? The the record set – should I give this away? All right, I'll I'll give it to you because we haven't had much action lately. The record was set in 1984. Oh. And I'll even give you the total amount of home runs too. I got it.
1: I think I I got it. it.
2: Okay, I then I, I won't. It. I won't then. Just, I yeah. want to hear Justin first, though. So. I want to hear I'm probably
1: way off. This guy may not have even gone to Arizona State, but I think I got it.
2: Okay, well, Justin, I I want to hear your answer before Leroy reveals.
0: I'm not sure, because I'd have no clue who'd go to Arizona State. But if I can think, college at that time, eighty four. I mean, I wasn't around then. Anything.
2: I was. <laughs> <laughs> um just think of notable hitters at that time Yeah, I'm, out just of college. Gonna, I'm just i'm just
0: going to guess at that point i'm going to say coming out of college at 84 say i'm gonna say griffey okay truly really all i could think of
1: no uh, so Leibor? so griffey came out of high school in 89 and i was i was around for that too <laughs> as a teenager actually oh, so gosh. i'm going to go with uh, 1984 olympian um and and future Uh, season home run champion mark mcguire
2: that's actually a really good guess oh but mark grace give me mark grace Uh, it's not even a mark guys it's 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 not either one of those that you guys guessed the answer was the one and only barry bonds oh he hit and guess what the record was 11 home runs spencer torkelson had 25 and broke that record. That's, wow. that's incredible. I wonder what so,
1: the, uh, what the games played were com- comparatively.
2: Right. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I guess it's from their tenure there, but I, I couldn't tell you, but Spencer Torkelson is going to be a crazy hitter in this league, uh, to say the least, but we have to get into the stretch. This yeah. week, so let's do it. Let's get into your seventh inning stretch.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the seventh inning stretch.
2: All right, guys, the Minnesota Twins are in agreement with right-hander Randy Dobnak on a five-year $9.25 million extension per Jeff Passan of ESPN. The deal includes three club option years with escalators that could bring the total amount up to $29.75 million, and the deal is, of course, pending a physical. And we just got done talking about the Royals, guys. The Royals announced that contract extension with longtime catcher Salvador Perez that keeps the backstop in Kansas City through the 2026 season. Uh, the contracts for guaranteed years will pay Perez 18 million in 2022, 20 million a piece in 23 and 24, and 22 million in 2025. There's also a club option for 2026 uh, that is valued at 13.5 million with a 2 million buyout. Now here's a crushing blow. I know we're gonna talk about them right after this. The White Sox left fielder Eloy Jimenez has suffered a ruptured left pectoral tendon that will require surgery. He's expected to miss five to six months of action, putting his season in jeopardy. Tough blow for a team trying to take the Central this year. But before we end the stretch, earlier this week, Twins bench coach Mike Bell passed away from kidney cancer. He was just 46 years old. And all of us at the walk-off send our condolences to Bell's family and the Minnesota Twins organization during this difficult time. Justin, back to you.
0: Thank you very much, Jared. That was our uh, AL Central version of seventh inning stretch. So we're going to hop in here into the next team. Um, to Just one of the most exciting teams in all of baseball. I mean, this team is so fun to watch, the Chicago White Sox. And this is a team that has uh, definitely added some pieces here, added some pieces where they needed to. Um, First off, they added the reliever of the year last year, Liam Hendricks. He, ironically, just kind of shut this team down in the wild card series last playoff. So, you know, they said, KD, come to us. He's now in Chicago. It's a really good move there. They also bring in starting pitcher, Lance Lynn, who just had a great year last year. It's basically the only good person in the, in Texas. And he's going to be in there in the top three of the rotation. That's going to be Lucas Giolotto, Dallas Keuchel, and Lance Lynn. I mean, that's pretty good. And again, in a division like the AL Central, that, that gives them a lot to work with i think really other than the twins they they're a lot farther beyond those first three teams so i think this is a division where it's really kind of those two teams going to be going at it again like they were last season and their lineup is just awesome it does really suck eloy jimenez could miss the whole season he's a guy i really liked last year and as he was coming up but that also gives the team and the fans a chance to see i'm pretty sure andrew vaughn is going to play a lot of the outfield in the place one of their top prospects it just seems like they just keep popping out of nowhere you know like these kids are just coming up and they're just producing they also get Adam Eaton back who comes back to Chicago he's going to help out that outfield especially now we're going to keep talking about the outfield here in the sense of you know they can really use everything now with Eloy being hurt they also have one of the more exciting younger players at second base thing Magridal who's Madrigal was very good last year really I think underrated just even as you know, a rookie, you hit 340 and over 100 at-bats last year. That's pretty good, I think, in any any sense of the word. Of course, they have the AL MVP, Hugh, Jose Abreu, who's always been arguably the most underrated player, maybe in the whole American League for, for years. But, of course, we know they lost one of the biggest free agent signings in this offseason, James McCann. But I don't think they're losing much, as they still have Yasmani Grandal behind the plate. Honestly, I think at times he's a better hitting catcher than... James McCann so that's they're not they're not losing too much they lost Alex Colomio was their good closer last year but of course as a good team will do they replace him with Liam Hendricks and that's honestly that's pretty eye for eye you know switch there I think that they're not losing anything if anything they're getting getting better at that position but I'll go to you Jared first I want to know what you think about
2: the upcoming Chicago White Sox So my dream World Series scenario would see the two most exciting teams playing each other, San Diego Padres versus the Chicago White Sox. These are the two most exciting teams. If I'm a young baseball fan and I don't have a favorite team and I'm just coming in and I'm new to baseball, these are the teams I'd want because they're not like fully on top yet, but they're like so close. Like you can smell it, right? I mean, the White Sox are just super exciting. They are the AL version of the Padres. Uh, A mix of young talent and veteran leadership, right? Lucas Giolito will be a top five starting pitcher in the next few years. Um, And you have the veterans Dallas Keuchel and Lance Lynn in there. Their bullpen is actually kind of nice also. Like you said, Liam Hendricks, second best closer in the game, in my opinion. Uh, Josh Hader being the first, but nonetheless, you got Hendricks. You got Garrett Crochet, who is a young left-hander and guys he is one year older than me and he's playing in the big leagues and he's throwing 102 miles an hour and remember he was drafted and then debuted the same the same year i've
0: never seen that in major league baseball especially for a pitcher
2: i'll tell you somebody who else who did it white Sox former white Sox pitcher chris sale did it as well so and it's funny because they're both lefties kind of swings uh swinging arm lefties but uh you have him you have Aaron Bummer who's another great lefty uh in the pin he's more of a side armor guy kind of like a Darren O'Day look uh and then you have Michael Kopech we've almost forgot about Kopech because he came in the league a few years ago throwing 100 plus fastball nasty slider but then he got hurt had Tommy John didn't play at all last year um, now he's going to be in the bullpen as a long guy for them so I really like their pitching staff, but their offense is what's going to make this team. It, it is a bummer with with Eloy, and it kind of brings me to the fact of what people saying, oh, you know, you, you're not trying in spring training. E, Eloy was trying, right? He was trying, and that's what got him hurt, right? He was trying to make a catch at the wall. It's almost like, well... Do you look lazy in spring training and not catch the ball or make an all-out effort to improve somebody and get hurt? It, it's almost to that point, but it's, it's just a sad situation. So it, what, what it looks like is we're going to have Adam Eaton in right field, who they brought back, uh, Luis Robert, who's another up-and-coming star in center field, and Adam Angle maybe in left. Uh, Andrew Vaughn might get an appearance out there, but he looks like he might be their primary DH um, their infield is stacked. I mean, Yoan Moncada and Tim Anderson on the left, Nick Madrigal and Jose Abreu on the right. I mean, there's not much else to say and with Grundall behind the plate and a young Zach Collins, who who's a nice uh, uh, catcher there, young catcher coming up from them. He's going to learn a lot from uh, Grundahl. This team's just overall exciting. I mean, there's not much to say about it. This might be the year that they take over the Minnesota Twins. I would have said that for sure. If Eloy wasn't hurt, that might put a damper on things, but they're going to make a nice run in the AL central and they are a deeply exciting team to watch uh, Leroy. I think you agree with me.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's, it's funny. I hear you talking about players and we're amazed that a player that's a year older than you is in the major leagues. Um, and I'm amazed by that too, but you know, if you're a year older than me, you're qualified to uh, be the manager of the white Sox. Because, you know, what else do you do when you've got a young, exciting team that makes the playoffs and looks like they're on the edge of really being the most exciting team in baseball? You bring in a 76-year-old Hall of Famer who retired a decade ago and literally played with Stan Musial to coach your team, to be your manager. Um, you know, uh you know, when when Tony Larusa played in the major leagues, uh, Sandy Koufax was the NL MVP in his his rookie year. That just tells you how far back he he, he goes. You know, we're talking about Tony Larusa managing the White Sox, and we literally, literally could be talking about 2021 or 1979 because he managed the White Sox in both seasons. Um, you know. It, it, this is probably what bothers. If you can't tell, what bothers me the most about the White Sox—they've got a young team uh, that's that's so exciting. And, and and you're right. It it's probably the most exciting in the American League, easily. Um, and you know they get bounced early in a shortened year, in a year that that we're, you know we're battling a pandemic, and they fire their young manager. I just it just kind of, you know, it's a head scratcher along the lines of what the Indians are doing. It, it's kind of a head scratcher, but you know, for, for the white Sox, they've got their entire lineup returning without um, Jimenez. Um, they've added Lance Lynn, who's going to slide in at number three in the rotation. And and honestly, you know, they've got a rotation that's easily top 10 and, and potentially f- top five in baseball. Um Uh, the, you know, the only thing that, that worries me a little bit is potential regression from Tim Anderson. He, uh, you know, he's playing out of his mind over the last couple of years, but his balls against, uh, his, his batting average uh, uh, against balls in play is suggests that maybe this is kind of smoking mirrors a little bit and he could regress a little bit. I think you've got to expect a little bit of regression from a Bray you, um, you know, this is tough, you know, when you're thinking about who's going to win this division between the White Sox and the Twins and, and, uh, you know, the White Sox made all the right moves to overtake the Twins, but then they, you know, on the field, but then they, you know, take a step backwards in my mind with their manager and, and, and I could be absolutely proven wrong, but in my mind um, and, you know, they, they lose Jimenez and it, it, you know, it could be just a repeat of last year. So, so we'll see, we'll see either way. Fun to watch I can't wait to watch them you know i i, I love uh, um i love when the some of these teams that were really good and competitive when I was younger I love seeing them come back like you know i, I remember sitting and watching the white sox and those red white and blue uniforms play the Orioles in the al championship series back in 83. Tony La Russa was the manager at the time, and, um, and, you know, I love to see those teams come back and, re- and really, uh, and really improve themselves. So, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to see things play out between them and the twins. Um, but, you know, some bad luck and, and maybe a bad decision or two may have cost them the division this year, this year. But, you know, I think, and we'll talk about the twins in a bit, I think going forward, um, the White Sox will surpass the twins at some point soon, I just don't know if this is the year now.
2: Yeah, and then really quick, it's kind of funny that uh, the two shortstops from the two most exciting teams in each league, respectively, that being Tim Anderson and Fernando Tatis, really brought the excitement back with bat flipping, right? Yeah. Tim Anderson with the just throwing the bat of the dugout, Fernando Tatis flipping it in the postseason this is what makes baseball exciting. And this, this is what's going to draw young viewers in these younger players like them and, and Acuna and Soto. That's what's going to bring younger players in. So Justin, let's hear your thoughts on the White Sox.
0: Yeah, they're just, I mean, they're just flat out exciting. I, I There's so many players on that team that I'd like is the baseball player. And as, let me rephrase that as, as the baseball player on the field. And, and as the image of the baseball player, like you're talking about Tim Anderson, I mean, he's just cool. You know, when you, when you you're young and you watch like LeBron, just go off on teams every night, like Tim Anderson, not saying he's LeBron of baseball, but for what you see, that's, that's what he is along with people like Fernando Tatis, ironically, who was a prospect of the white Sox, traded to the Padres for James shields. Um, could you imagine also having, Fernando Tatis somewhere in, in this lineup on that team, that will just be absolutely insane. But I think with the White Sox, it's going to be tough on them this year because I think they're going to have that pressure that they didn't have for years before and last year, especially now that they made the playoffs, even if they lost that series. Now it's, oh, we think we the White Sox can make the playoffs again finally. It's, hey, you were there. You should be going back. You should be winning those games and you should be winning a playoff series. And I think... There's that pressure on that team now that they didn't have last year. And of course, with the change of manager, I thought that was just odd. You finally get your team back into the playoffs and then you can your manager and go out and, and of all managers, you get Tony La Russa. But I don't think that's a bad move. When I remember watching the Cardinals back in the early 2000s and the early 2010s. As we know how much I love and Merlina, he was great with a young squad and he did really well with them as we saw. So it'll be really interesting to see what he can do with the white Sox, If they, you know, they can win that division. Hopefully there's some beer left in the, in the locker room for the celebration. Hopefully he didn't get to all of it yet, but we're going to jump over here to uh, the last team in the division, the team we expect the um, white Sox to be deacon it out for, for the division that is the Minnesota twins who the last two seasons have just been powerhouses, but have not been able to get it done in the playoffs at all. They have yet to win a playoff game in their last two playoff appearances in 2020 and 2019. This is honestly a team I think, or they're still obviously at the top. They brought in some good pieces. They brought in in Andrelton Simmons to play shortstop. He's obviously going to, he's one of the better fielding shortstops in the league. He has been for a long time. He's still going to be good. You have Nelson Cruz who just just keeps getting younger as he gets older for some reason he hit 16 home runs last year he's still going to produce you have at third base you have Josh Donaldson former MVP obviously a great player but I see in a lot of in some ways that the the twins are kind of regressing it and going down you're losing Trevor May and I think that is a really big bullpen piece for them to lose and again when you're going back to a 162 game season that bullpen is going to we- mean a lot more to you it's going to make you or break you a lot more than it did last season so it's gonna it's gonna be tough for the twins I think the White Sox are really going to give them a good run for their money in this division they're really going to have to play good baseball to win this division over the White Sox as they're not the flashy you know flashy superstar team that the White Sox are becoming so it's going to be a fun battle to watch between them all year but Jared I'll go to you first I want to know what you think about the Minnesota Twins
2: yeah and I'm gonna make this super quick because I know we're running out of time but the Twins are the older better team in the AL Central right they're they're pretty old they got Nelson Cruz is in his 40s Josh Donaldson is almost 40 it's hard to believe he is but um, yeah I I mean this team is gonna be good all around I just think the fact that they haven't won a postseason series in like, what, 17 years or something like that. It's baffling to me because you won the division like the last two years. Can't get it done. I understand you're facing the Yankees, uh, you're facing the Astros, but you really need to get that step forward. Uh, and then this is the time to do that because we know as Oriole fans, we never made it to the world series in our recent run. It, it almost reminds me just of that. We, we were getting eliminated early in the playoffs every year but you know it, it's still an exciting team to watch you got kenta maeda who's really resurged uh as an ace in, in mlb moving to the twins you got young young starter jose barrios as well uh, as i mentioned randy dobnak resigned there but then you got like michael pineda and uh devin smeltzer at the bottom um bullpen kind of upgraded and downgraded you got rid of Sergio Romo. you got rid of trevor may but you got alex Colome in there right but um Interesting team is the Twins. I don't know if, like really Roy said, the White Sox are going to move past them in the division this year. They're going to make the playoffs, I have a feeling. And if worse comes to worse, they'll be a wild card team. But uh, the Twins are the least exciting of the two teams, but they're probably the one that's going to be on top in the end.
1: Yeah, you know, there's just there's not a lot to say about the Twins. I mean, they're, honestly, they're, they're returning a team that's pretty similar, if not, you know, the same as last year, they lost Rosario, but they're gonna uh, replace him with with Kirilov. I think if if there's an issue with the Twins, and you mentioned it, it's age and injury. So um, you know we know Father Time seems to be afraid of Nelson Cruz. I don't blame him, but it's got it's gonna catch up sometime, right? Uh, we know Donaldson, he's he's gonna have a trip to the DL or the IL, there's, there's no Mm -hmm. doubt about it. Um, So, you know, I think the only thing that will hold the twins back potentially this year is the, the mixture of age and injury I found something interesting. There's a, uh, there's a a group, a company called sports info solutions. They do a lot of different statistical analysis for MLB teams and for NFL teams. It's really cool. Um, And they have developed a model for predicting injuries in baseball and they've ranked players uh based on uh you know their model of injuries the first two players in all of baseball are twins andre told andre told some andre told simmons is number one (laughs) and byron buxton is number two um so you know and you you combine that with josh donaldson and i think the in the injury bug uh could hold uh minnesota back a little bit and 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 i think um it's gonna to be tough. I think this may be the year you know, the White Sox are past them. And you know, you said you, you mentioned Jared, the uh, the wild card piece, and I don't know if the the second place uh, team here makes a wild card because you've got I mean you've got some teams out there. You've got Tampa Bay, um, you know. Boston and, and, and New York in the East. Uh, you've got Houston and Oakland in the West. And, you know, some two teams, two of those teams, you know, and you combine that with the White Sox and Twins, two of those teams are left out. So uh, it's going to be tough.
0: Yeah, I just really think the Twins are an interesting team. They're, they're just really fundamentally sound. I mean, all around the board, they have the right pieces in the right spots, but they don't really have that guy that's going to go out and get $300 million from any team. You know, and, and normally with your, your best teams, you, you have a couple of these guys. I mean, you can say Josh Donaldson and even still Nelson Cruz, but are those really, you know, top tier um, superstars in the MLB? I don't, especially not anymore. I wouldn't really think so. I mean, people like Miguel Sano is just a beast. Silently has been a beast and has been someone that has, you know, kept them at a, around 100 game winning team, a, 100 game winners that that's you think that team will be loaded with superstars. But then I think when it came to them and their problems in the playoffs, especially with their pitching, it a, a lack of that kind of showed, and especially, I think, last year. So for the sake of Twins fans, I really hope we can see them when they, um just a playoff game, you know, even if they take one out of three. Like, it's something, because the White Sox really are hot in their tail. And as we've seen in baseball lately and sports really all together, those, those special teams are the ones that, you know, do well. The Twins kind of, I think, are going to, I don't want to say going by the wayside, but I do think the White Sox are on their way to taking over the twins. That's this year. That's quite possible. I'm not, I don't want to sit here and say, I think it will, but it's, you know, it's definitely possible, especially down the stretch. If Eloy Jimenez does somehow come back at some point and this bullpen, I, which I don't think will pitch as well as they did last year. I think that is speaks trouble for
2: the twins. Yeah. Justin, before we, before we go to final predictions, People always comment now about how the NL is like super stacked. Uh, let's not forget the American league Wild Card this year could consist of six teams pretty much right. running for it. And yeah,
0: and it, I think all those teams can be up upper 80, 90 win teams. Oh you know? yeah. Absolutely. To miss the playoffs by a game when you're winning 90 games. That's just nuts. We saw yeah. that with the Rays the other year when we had 200 game
2: winners in the East. So that was just insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's then, going to come down to the wire, I, I think, for the American League, at least.
0: Yeah, I think this will be exciting, but we'll get our final predictions in real quick before we log off here. You know, first, I still have to... I think the Tigers are still at the bottom. They're definitely, you know, definitely on the way up. It's going to be fun to watch them this year and certain players. I, mean, I do have the Indians are going to come in fourth. I think, like Leroy is saying, they're just on the way down. It's going to be real curious to see which way they go. I do think if they start out slow... They'll definitely come in fourth because you're gonna see a fire sale, in my opinion, and then you're gonna have the Royals in there at third. I do think they can end there around five hundred. You know, I think they'll excite and surprise some people, and I'm, I'll be, I'll be ballsy. I, I, I think the Twins are gonna drop it. I think the White Sox are gonna be able to go down the stretch, and, you know, definitely play well. I do think the Twins will come in second. I think the White Sox will come in first not by much though and then at that point it's going to be curious to see if that second spot is going to be good enough for the wild card but we shall see in a few months so we were I'll see what your uh, final predictions are for this division
1: Yeah, my, mine are exactly the same as yours Justin. I think Tigers come in last. I think the Indians are on their their sinking stone they're on their way down so fourth this year maybe even fifth next year and beyond and then uh, Kansas City, I just feel like they're going to surprise people. I, I like what they're doing. Um, I the, the White Sox and the Twins, it may come down to to the last week of the season with these guys, and you know potentially Jimenez is back at that time potentially. So um, you know, I think the White Sox they they pull it out. Um, you know Tony LaRusse is, you know he mixes his magic, magic dust in there you know pulls it back from 79 and mixes it in there and and gets it done
2: i i'm actually agreeing with you guys i mean there's no really difference here tigers cleveland i I, my bold prediction is that cleveland's gonna have a fire sale at the deadline i just if you're gonna go you're gonna go 100 uh kansas city finish around 80 wins maybe go 81 and 81 something like that uh I'm going to go with you guys with the White Sox. I'm all up on them. Twins are going to finish the second. Chicago's finally going to take it back. And I have a feeling that with that starting rotation, they could make a deep run in the postseason. So there you have it. That's my final predictions.
0: Yeah, so there there you guys have it. A very curious division here in the AL Central. But for next episode, we got our last division for you. So make sure you want to tune in for that. It's going to be the AL East. So we will see you for that next time, but at least for today, it is time to walk it off.